Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One Friends Podcast. We have a very, very special episode for you, meaning the show Friends has <laughs> a very special episode for us. Yes. They are some of the greatest episodes. I love these um, because we get to see Fat Monica and a couple of other random, like, swap of uh like character types and um it's just an interesting uh interesting way to show our friend group so Llewellyn you want to lead us in to this first one yeah let's do it so this week we watched part one of the one that could have been um totally didn't give the date or the season this is season six, episode 14. 15. Episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, cool, 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 cool. Just keep going. It's fine. Cool. Anyways, you guys love us. Season six, episode 15, titled The One That Could Have Been, Part One. Better. So, part one was written by Greg Mallins and Adam Chase and directed by Michael Lembeck and originally aired on February 17th, 2000. Technically, both parts aired on the same day and the same description, so you will hear this again next week. Right. The gang ponders what might have been if Ross had stayed with his lesbian wife, a married Rachel had fallen for Days of Our Lives star Joey, a portly Monica had been obsessed with losing her virginity. Portly! (laughs) And Chandler Chandler had been a struggling writer, and Phoebe had been a stockbroker. Such interesting. There's a lot. There's a lot happening in this episode. Oh, for sure. Okay, so we start in the cafe in real time, friends, like what we know as friends. And Chandler's making small talk about, and I just found this funny, about what if the internet is like something that stays around? Which obviously we know it does. But he's just trying to make small talk because nobody's talking. Um, And then Rachel comes in. Stating that Barry and Mindy are getting a divorce because mm-hmm. Barry is cheating on Mindy. Yikes. <sighs> Yikes. Um, Not a surprise because right. he cheated on her yeah. and people are who they are. Yes. <laughs> uh, R- Joey doesn't hear names. All he hears is divorce and he immediately yells at Ross. I love how he just yells at him. Yeah. Just <laughs> He's like, Ross! <laughs> yeah. Um, so then this has Rachel, like, pondering, like, what, like, how different would my life had been, had been if I'd stayed with Barry? And yeah. all of the friends kind of chime in and kind of take their turn on, like, what would our life be like if Ross had not gotten divorced the first time? Monica was still fat or portly, as the <laughs> description says. Um <laughs> if Joey was never fired from Days of Our Lives, Chandler yeah. had the guts to quit his job and pursue writing jokes, and if Phoebe had taken the job at Merrill Lynch, which yeah, some of these interest- come as a shock to us. Yeah, like, I guess I never realized that Chandler wanted to write. Well, I don't I think just, it's ever, like, been said. I think he just... He just always seems very, like floating out in the middle of nothing trying to figure yeah. out his life like he just yeah. has always seemed that way so i i don't think i've ever thought like oh he's a struggling writer in the same way that like joey is a struggling actor you know right um and then phoebe with like merrill lynch that is a total shock mm-hmm. um I also enjoy how um, when he when Ross says, like, I wonder what my life would have been like had I not been divorced. And when they go to say which one, he like very quickly is like the first time, like because he's just he's (laughs) sick of like the original. (laughs) Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. How he's like synonymous with divorce. Also, Ross's hair looks different in this episode. Did you notice that? I didn't pay attention. Okay. I feel like it looks how he and he kinda like alludes to it later on in the episode too but like how he took up karate or karate oh my as gosh. david schwimmer so lovingly made ross say um it just, i just found it funny and 
Chandler trying to make the joke of like, well, maybe it's because you said karate wrong. Um, do you say karate or karate? Oh, yeah, karate for sure. Do you know which one's the right way? I mean, I would assume Is it karate? karate? I don't think so. No? No. I almost... Why, like, why would you say karate? Well, because if you think of the origins of, like, the language, like, it's not... It, 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 it has, like, Asian origins. So, like, karate sounds more like a cadence in which you would say, like, taekwondo... You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like it has a certain cadence to the language. Yeah. I I don't know. So for me, I'm almost like. It it might be karate. It might. That might be it. But it just seems like I could see how people would would say it's kind of like the debate that you get into when you have a word from a different language. Do you say like the English version of that word or do you say like. Do you try and bring on the accent? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. say karate too. I was just curious. Um, so then after they've all kind of like pondered what their life would have been like, Ross then asks the question, if all of these things had happened, would we still hang out? And it kind of like immediately cues into the intro and it's a different intro as if all of them were in like this alternate universe where they are what they could have been. Yeah, so this is the only episode with a cold open that doesn't end with a laugh track before the opening theme. So it felt yeah. kind of eerie going into it because you're like, oh, oh, it has like, oh, we're going right into it. And that's probably because you've gotten so used to having like a laugh track and then the opener. But this is the one episode that doesn't. Yeah. Um, I loved the different the different opener. I thought it was super cool. Yeah, I loved the the ending when she sat on the couch and it lifted. Yeah, like it lifts. <laughs> and then yeah. like the next week's one, um, we can talk about it then too. But it also has like a similar. But it opens with her sitting on it, and then it See, like this continues. Is, this is interesting because. For all of our friends out there, I was originally watching the show on HBO Max, uh-huh. but recently the subscription um, ended that I had, so I just bought a DVD set, and in my DVD set, these two episodes are together, so there is no, like, I don't know what the tag is for this episode. Oh, and I, don't I do? Have, <laughs> I don't have another, like, intro. Like, the intro that I saw is the only intro for both this and the next episode. Oh, I see. Interesting. So it just like it's one long episode because they aired on the same day. I'm thinking maybe that's yeah. why they did it. But it's just interesting to me that like we both have a DVD set, but both of them are different. That is one thing to me that I do not understand about DVD sets. Like, how is that not something that has been like that there is some quality control in the way that they present their own show that they made? Like, how is there not, like, this right. is the standard cut, and then if you want extra scenes, you go to the extra portion, or if they release another version, but it's very, like, obvious that there are certain, like, perks to the new version. I don't know. I just don't understand how you could have different DVD sets with different versions of the same show. Like, there, there is a final cut that they put out. Yeah. How could it be different from, like... DVD set to DVD set. Like, it just doesn't seem yeah, like... I don't know. Shouldn't standards and practices, like, get on that? <laughs> like, You'd think. I don't know. Anyways, we start outside at the newsstand, and Ross runs into Rachel, who Dude, very cow-co. much looks like old Rachel. My gosh. Um, And she, at first, she doesn't recognize who he is. Uh, he, like, says his name, but then she thinks he's someone else until he says his last name, and then she remembers Monica... Um, and they're kind of just having small talk and they mention they're both married and how it's the best with a huge sigh after it because it apparently neither one of them are happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Ross is there looking at dirty magazines, so we can only imagine what's happening in his life or not happening. Um, 
She then asks how Monica is, and he offers to take her down the street to the cafe to say hi to Monica, because all the friends are there, and she agrees to go. That's pretty much all that happens in that scene. Yeah, I love how she has, like, that massive cow coat on, and then she's got, like, a red leopard print purse. It just is very loud, and it seems like very Rachel. It's very funny to me. Yeah. So then we head to the cafe, and in this alternate universe, it appears that all of the friends are still friends, except for Rachel, is not a part mm-hmm. of the group. Yeah. Um, so, Fat Which, Monica. I don't know how they would have found Phoebe. I don't either. They don't really that, say. Yeah, that's the one that confuses me a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, Fat Monica and Joey. I, I don't know how else to call her that. I guess I could just call her Monica, but... For this you portion could of just the call episode, her Monica. <laughs> for this portion yes. of the episode, Monica is in a fat suit. Mm-hmm. So her and Joey are hanging out with her doctor boyfriend, who Joey desperately wants her to dump because he's boring. And to prove this point, the boyfriend tells some weird facts about hazelnuts. Um, and then Chandler comes in and he's sad because he got yet another rejection letter. Mm-hmm. Um from Archie because apparently he's not an Archie comic funny and he then makes fun of Dr. Boring's sweater vest Mm. which is just funny because he used to wear them yep or in the other universe he wore them yeah um Joey then apologizes for the rejection letter and he in a twist of like a turn of events offers Chandler some money and Chandler pulls a Joey from the other other version that we know um, and says he's too proud to take it but Monica offers another idea and says like maybe Joey should hire him as his assistant to help him out with fan mail and you know doing odd jobs for him at the on the set um, and that way it's not like a handout um, and they both seem to like this idea so then Phoebe comes in and her phone starts ringing but before she can answer it she lights up a cigarette and starts smoking yeah. Which is terrible. She's like, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) She's like trying to light up. Yeah. But then she she answers the phone, um, basically fires whoever's on the other line. And it's pretty much all we see of her in that moment. Um, Yeah. And then Ross and Rachel come barreling in. And Rachel is shocked to see that Monica is still quite large. Yeah. Um, And they're trying to figure out when the last time is they saw each other. Ross seems to know, like, down to a T. Exactly where. Exactly where they were. The music he was playing, all of that. (laughs) Which was probably the music that he played for them, like, on his little... Yeah. It was so perfect. Good callback on that. He's, like, trying to get her to, like, come up to his place to listen to him play the keyboard again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but then she notices Joey at the oh counter ordering coffee, and she is, like, obsessed with Dr. Drake Ramore. And she finds out that, like, all of these guys are friends with him, and they're like, there's no way you... She's, she's like, beyond herself that they could be friends. Um, yeah. But then Monica introduces them to each other, and at first Joey is, like, a little turned off because she's one of those, like, super fans. Um, but then... Mon- I don't remember what Monica said. He well, said- he just turns to her and he's like, is she crazy? And she's like, no. Oh, yeah. And so he's yeah. like, oh, okay. And then he pulls his line, how you doing? Yeah, right. I love this, like, reversal of, like, Joey and Chandler. And I also think that this is the truest storyline for, like, who Rachel would have been if she had stayed with Barry. Because, oh, like, yeah, for sure. she married, like, quote unquote, like, a rich what dentist or whatever so he had money so she would have been that wife that sat at home and like watched soap operas so she would be obsessed with someone like a dr drake ramore on a soap opera i was like it's so perfect yeah it is pretty Um, on point now in this like in this episode because of this like joey hiring Chandler as his assistant. Did you notice that there was a couple similar plot stories that happen like this? For example, season one, Chandler hires Phoebe for that short time, like as his secretary when she's between jobs. And then also when we fast forward to season two, Chandler gets Joey a job at his office when Joey is low on income. 
So it's kind of like a little like re- like reversal sort of. Um, and then this is also, I don't know if you noticed it, um, but it was very obvious to me that this is one of the really few times in season six where Lisa Kudrow isn't wearing her wig or hair piece. Yes, I noticed. And I was like, oh, her hair back is, uh, and I'm sure she was grateful for it because like in this alternate reality, her hair could be whatever she wanted. And like her hair being a little shorter does seem very like business-like. So I'll bet she was happy to have like not have to wear um, like a hair piece. But it was, I was very grateful for it to be back. Yeah. Oh, and also, like, these are the only non-canon episodes in the series. I just kind of wanted to call that out. I think it's pretty, like, obvious, but these, like, these, like, what what happens, like, what could have been. Obviously, these are, like, non-canon, but. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then we head up to the apartment, and Phoebe gets another call from what assumes to be a new employee to replace the one that she just fired. Oh, wait a minute. Um, Did you also see how Monica was eating three Rice Krispie treats? <laughs> oh, yeah. She eats <laughs> they were massive. this entire episode. It's so episode. great. It's so great. Yeah. Um, Joey enters the apartment to give Chandler his list of things to do, which includes things like picking up his dry cleaning, picking up his vitamins, showing him mm. how to spell vitamins, yeah. wearing in his, like, breaking in his jeans, like, yeah. the silliest things. Um and Monica just like laughs at Chandler and basically calls him Joey's bitch. Yeah. Um, and then Phoebe screams and comes barreling out of Monica's room in a panic and unharming the Kit Kats, might I add, because there was a Kit Kat situation. Right, um, right. And we find out that there's a slight dip in the market, which caused her to lose $13 million. So much money back then. So much money. Um, And then she starts, she's still smoking at this point. And she starts to complain of chest pains um, and then starts giving symptoms. And we find out that she's basically having a heart attack, um, which is not a good thing. So we fast forward to the hospital. Wait, okay, before we get there, I don't know if you spotted this detail, but I loved the details on this set. So if if you noticed, um, the kitchen table that Chandler and Monica are like on or around or whatever is completely different yeah, than the I other. I like this one. Well, what's funny is that the the other version, the real life version is kind of a joke between the writers on the set because they always kind of thought that like Monica's perfectionism would never allow her to have a table like that with mismatched chairs. So the fact that in this alternate reality, they make Monica have a set of like a table with matching chairs was was like a great like kind of like a nice little plug from the writers, like calling themselves out on their own joke, which I think is really great. And then the couch, if you notice, like the living room is completely different in the setup as well. The white couch, did you notice it in the background? That's the same couch that Ross purchased and attempted to move into his apartment during season five, episode 15. The pivot couch? The pivot couch. They put it in Monica's apartment to have like different type furniture. Isn't that amazing? I was just like. The way that they, like, detailed the set, it was, like, it was the same, but not all the same. And for them to have, like, the amount of details that they did, I thought was so perfect. Also, did you also find it very weird that there is absolutely no way Monica would have allowed smoking in her apartment? Oh, for sure. As soon as Phoebe lit that cigarette, I was like, Monica would absolutely have said no to that. Yeah. Also calling back to our earlier like how would phoebe have been friends with this group wasn't she monica's roommate prior to rachel moving in she was but i never got the sense in this throwback that she was still her roommate but right, is she? but i mean she's in the apartment so that was my thought like maybe yeah they're both just home and chandler's hanging out with them i don't know maybe I- i'll bet you're right because otherwise it doesn't really make sense yeah. For her to like be around, unless but also it like is as still a stockbroker, she wouldn't need a roommate. Yeah, especially if she was trading in the thirteen millions. Like, geez, right? I don't know. Anyways, 
No, I think that's a good call, though. I think you're right. I think she does live with her. Didn't yeah. did Monica switch rooms with Rachel when she moved in, or did Monica always have the back like the back I think corner bedroom? Monica always had that one. Okay, but Phoebe comes out of that bedroom. Yeah, she does. That's what I found kind of weird, mm-hmm. even for like the theory that she does live with her still. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, me neither. Um. Anyways, we go to the hospital, and Phoebe is has been admitted. And the friends are trying to convince her that it's okay to rest. Like, a heart attack is a good indicator that you need to. Yeah. Um, and Chandler tries to make a joke out of it, fails miserably. Monica pushes him out. Um, and Phoebe is just not happy to not be working. So to get her mind off it, she asks Ross, like, how things are going. And we find out that he's doing a lot of karate due to <laughs> the extremely long dry spell that him and Carol are currently going through. Um, and at this point, Phoebe suggests like, maybe you guys should try a few different things to like spice things up again and get things going. Um, and then she lists a ton of like a ton of things that they could try. Oh my gosh. She like, she was talking so quickly about like every single kink that you could like imagine. She just, just speed them all out. So quickly rattled them off. (laughs) It was was shocking. (laughs) You're like, oh my God, Phoebe. (laughs) Yeah. So then in the hallway of the hospital, um, oh, Monica... Oh, I also loved um, Ross's sense of time where he's like, it's been two... He's like, Saturday will be two months since I've stopped trying. <laughs> yeah. Poor Ross. Poor Ross. Um, so in the hallway, Monica comes back from getting a Diet Coke and sits on Chandler's hand. Um, I love the little, like, the little, like, things that they do to just, like, h- heighten the point that she is big. Um, yeah. So his like over dramatization of like her sitting on his hand. Um, and she asks how things are going with Joey. And he mm-hmm. seems, and it seems as though Chandler's only really needed like to get Joey food in random situations. So like, I'm on set, bring yeah. me food. I'm at home with a woman, bring me food. Like those types of things. <laughs> and this like makes Monica ask, like, is there food somewhere here? Um, and at this moment, Joey comes in upset because Phoebe's in the hospital and just wants to check how she's doing. Yeah. And yeah, anything else in the hospital? Uh, not in the hospital, no. Cool. So then we head to the set mm-hmm. where Joey shoots Days of Our Lives. Yes. Um, and he's showing Rachel around pretty quickly. Like he's just like pointing out things really quick. And then he stops her and asks if she would like to go back to his place. <laughs> yeah and she hesitates um because she's married and he ends up using like two lines from the show on her which she notices and he calls her out for watching too much television um and then at this point chandler is bringing him orange juice but then joey gets a little upset because there's pulp in it and he does not like pulp and he like raises his voice about it where do you sit llewellyn Oh, I like pulp. Me I too. I don't drink orange that juice very shocks often. shocks me, actually. Because now that I'm down here, I smell burnt oranges every morning I go to work, and it's just like mm. a very big turnoff. So I don't drink it much anymore. But when I did, I drank it with pulp. Yes. Always. I love pulp. I Extra pulp. Stuff. Yep. Yes. I'm like, that's not orange juice. That is no. filtered it's crap water. in a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's flavored water. It's infused water. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, so anyways, it looks like he's about to apologize to Chandler for being rude, but he just, mm. instead, he turns to Rachel and says, I'm sorry, I didn't even ask you. Can Chandler get you something to drink? <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we head to Ross and Carol's. And this mm. is the first time we've seen Carol in a minute. It really, it really is. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah. I've missed her um, a little bit. I have too. Um, so we find out that Ross is trying to spice things up, but hasn't really clued Ray or Carol in. Um, we find out that he looks at him like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, he attempted to hop in the shower with her that morning and (laughs) she makes a comment about, yeah, maybe our next house will have two bathrooms. Two bathrooms. She is not having it at all. No, no. So then they, he tries to bring up the topic of their sex life when Ben yeah. runs out 
Um, okay, first appearance by Cole Sprouse as Ben Geller. Yeah, yeah. And um, are you ready for like a little like inception of like six degrees separation of Hollywood? So Chandler, um, he's been talking about like wanting to sell for Archie Comics. This episode introduces Cole Sprouse as Ben. Sprouse later plays Jughead in the Archie Comics inspired series Riverdale from 2017. Nice. Are we sure this one's Cole or not his brother? It is Don't Cole. They both play. Uh, no, Cole. Cole is the only one that plays in in this series. They don't swap him out. Really? That's surprising. Yeah. I think it's because he's old enough. They typically did twin swaps when kids are like a lot smaller. Um, But Cole was the only, he was like the sole. I'm pretty sure he was the sole one. I wonder how Dylan felt about that. It's totally beyond I can, point. But... I can Google a little bit, but I don't, I, they I think do right, look I different. Think... I think in credits, yeah, their teeth are different, especially I think now they look a little bit like there's more features that you can tell are similar. But back then they're like their teeth. Because I remember on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yes. They like they are identical, but they do have like slight differences. Yeah. They specifically they specifically play. They are sorry. They specifically say it was Cole Sprouse. Okay. I think it was. I think I saw it in like the credits like. It would say cold, and usually if they use both, it would say both names. Yeah, I think it's because he was old enough, and they did yeah. look so different. It was different with like Mary Kate and Ashley, where like for the longest time they looked exactly the you same. Tell <laughs> so the like, difference. yeah, you could swap them out on um, when they started when Family they Matters, like babies, uh, right? Full House, Full House. Thank you. I knew that well, family. Two very different shows, but whatever. Very different. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I, lo- I watched them both. <laughs> yeah. Ross shoes Ben back to his bedroom so they can finish having their conversation. And he tries to bring up like things that they can do to spice up their sex life. And yeah. Carol isn't biting on anything that he's offering. Like, I don't even remember what he said, no. but he gets to what about trying a threesome? And she jumps at it and says, Oh, Brighton's yes, like let's the sun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like she a, a night and day. Yeah. Night and day difference. Yeah. She probably hasn't been that excited since they got married. <laughs> no. So we head back to the apartment and Chandler comes in saying he has sold a comic to Archie Comics. Yay! Congrats, Chandler! <laughs> yeah. And Monica celebrates him by begrudgingly giving him half of her last Kit Kat because she can't give up all of it. Monica is um, such a good friend here. Like she is yeah. truly like celebrating him. And I thought this was such a sweet representation of like just their friendship first. Yeah. Um, and then Joey comes in apologizing now to Chandler, realizing that he was in the wrong about going off on him about pulp. Yeah. Um, and he even has brought him some freshly squeezed orange juice with pulp. Sweet. Um, and they hug and it's super sweet. And Monica's like trying to, like tell Joey what happened, but Chandler's like trying to distract her. Cause he's in the moment of giving Joey a hug. And it's a really sweet moment between the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she just shouts it out that he sold his comic and Joey is like thrilled for his friend, but he asks like, what's the comic about? And Chandler's kind of fidgety and he like, doesn't really want to say. And then finally he starts telling him about the joke and it's eerily similar to the situation that's currently happening between him and Joey. <laughs> yeah. Meaning it is the same. It He's is. just changed the names. <laughs> yes. But Joey doesn't notice. Yeah. He doesn't figure it out. No. So then we head to the cafe. And Rachel is asking Monica if Joey asks a lot of girls to his place, which he does. And she is thrilled that she's one of them that he has asked. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but Monica, being the, you know, sound piece of mind, reminds her, like, you're married. And Rachel yeah. says, you know, yeah, well, only I only wish that we could be on a break. OK, and the crowd. I, I don't know if you yes! this, but the crowd didn't react as well as I, I thought they would. I literally said didn't get as much of an applause or reaction from the audience that I think they thought they would get. Yeah. It was dead silent in there almost. And it didn't last very long. I was like, these people understand the irony of what she's saying, right? Like, please tell me that these people have seen an episode of the show before. I laughed out loud when I heard it. It was so 
funny. Like, obviously, it's a reference to Ross and, Ross and Rachel's argument that Ross sleeping with another woman wasn't cheating because they were on a break. Yeah. And it just seems like those people had never seen the show before and didn't get the irony of it. That's yeah, what I'm trying to tell myself because the reaction was pitiful. Yeah, it was frustrating. It was so it was funny, though. Like, I wish you could just, like, be on a break. <laughs> so good. And Monica's quick, like, well, you're not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then she tells Monica, like, look, you're just lucky that you're not tied down and you can have sex with whomever you want to. And it's here that we find out through some persuading that Monica is still a virgin and mm-hmm. she hasn't, you know, given her flower to anybody, as she said. Yes. Um, but she's been thinking a lot about asking Roger, who is Dr. Boring from earlier. Um, and Rachel just tells her, like, just do it. And, like, you should... She's like, you know, honestly, anybody should be able to have sex with anyone they want to whenever they want to. Like, trying to make the point that she should be able to have sex with whoever she wants. Um, right. But Monica gets what she's saying. And she's like, yeah, but not if you're married. Yeah, she's like, she's like, Rachel, it's, I'm never going to think it's okay for you to cheat on your husband. <laughs> like, right. She's like, she's like, oh, fine. <laughs> Um, I also didn't love Rachel here. She seems like a little patronizing to me towards Monica and a little judgmental. I feel judgmental. like that's kind of how she was, though, wasn't she? Before she... Ab- absolutely. It just made me like, this is not a better version of Rachel. Like, Rachel has grown a lot because the way that she approaches Monica telling her that she's a virgin and she's like, what, yeah. turning 30 or whatever, is like... She's like, oh, my gosh, you are. And like calling her out in the middle of the cafe. The guy in the back could hear her. And it just seemed very like. It, it, I just didn't love. I'm, I'm glad with the Rachel we have now, even though Rachel's yeah, still not sure. my favorite character. I'm glad we don't have this version of Rachel at all times. It would have yeah. made me angry. Yeah. Um, also, when um, she's talking about giving her flower. Her fat suit is visible, um, visible up her sleeve a little bit. You can oh, kind of no. see, you can kind of see like a little, little teensy bit, bit of it. Nice. I mean, it's kind of hard to hide. You literally have to be like clothed from top to bottom, but you can get like a little peeky peek of it. Cool. Um, so we head to the hospital and we find Phoebe smoking in the bathroom <laughs> and trying to hide that she's smoking. Um, she comes out and her phone starts ringing and Ross is quick to answer. Um, she is worried that her boss is calling to fire her, but Ross assures her that her boss just wanted to make sure that she was doing okay. Um, <laughs> oh, and no. as he's leaving, he looks at Monica and says, no, she's definitely fired. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Which is so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, then we head to what I presume is the final episode of this the scene part final scene yes final scene in this part because yes. it, it hit like the halfway point in my yes. thing um and we're at rachel's and she's watching days of our lives um and it's a scene where joey essentially calls out a doctor for being fake um and trying to hurt a patient or something i didn't fully understand what they were doing but he goes in and saves the day and uh ends up kissing the patient and it's at this moment where rachel caves completely and calls Joey um, and he yeah, asked her was just too much for her it was way too much so he asked <laughs> her to come over and to bring sandwiches good to know that Joey still loves sandwiches even in this alternate reality version of yeah. him yes okay so can now that so you told me what you saw in the DVD version you said that yes. there was an alternate opening and and that you didn't have a tag scene because it immediately kept going into the next yeah. part, so it like literally into part goes, two. It literally goes from this to a scene at Ross and Carol's, which okay. I assume is the first scene of the next episode. Right. So what I experienced on my DVD set is in part one, the usual variation of the standard version of the opening titles Interesting. happens. So, the, so this episode, I had a normal intro. So Didn't I probably notice had a difference. the intro that you have in the second episode was probably my intro. Yeah. And okay. the tag for this first part is Fat Monica dancing like with donuts in her living room 
and with the like closing credits rolling like on top <laughs> while she's dancing. That's funny. Part two for me starts immediately with the. It starts immediately, so there is no cold. Like there is no cold open or soft open in part two for me. It immediately starts with a specially reshot alternate reality version of the fountain titles. Oh, nice. Okay. So just That's for cool. like a yeah, just for clarification, because depending on how you guys are watching it, like whether you have HBO. You have a different version, even like from us, of our DVD versions. Like, well, I guess who that's, knows? That's kind of cool that we had different options to even like know that there were different ones. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so a couple random other like little um, cold uh, fun facts or just whatever. Um, when Dr. Roger says that a hazelnut isn't a nut, but a seed, a hazelnut is a nut. <laughs> just, <laughs> just to clarify. Um, at the beginning of the theme song, um, so like what you would have seen where I didn't see it. So I would see this in the second part, but where Monica sits on the sofa. So, and I've already watched that second part just cause they went so well together. You can see Chandler and Ross talking to the production crew or like some of the team. Um, and then let's let me just run through and make sure. Yeah, that is it. OK, yeah, there's a there was like a lot of facts in this episode this time around. So, um, nice. yeah. All right, favorite so, scene. Favorite scene. Um, I think I think when. Oof, did this episode seem to go by really fast for you? No. Oh, okay, I got to the end and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's done." Um, I think. I think when Chan like the scene at Mo- Monica's place where Chandler comes in says he like sold a story to Archie. Monica's doing such a great job at like celebrating. When Joey comes in and mentions like you know the same way that Monica feels about light mayonnaise and she's like it's not mayonnaise like how she freaks out about yeah. it. I just thought there was like humor, good friend. Like you can still see how good of friends they are, even though they're not like together because we can kind of assume that like this time frame is the same time frame as our current canon episodes just with the alternate reality so the same time has passed um they just don't have the longevity but like you can still see how close they've gotten like over the years of being friends and i just kind of love that what about you um i think i'm gonna say any of the scenes I don't like have like a specific scene, but like any of the scenes where like um, Phoebe was with a a group of the friends. So like, you know, the part where she was with Ross in the hospital and the part in the apartment with the, with Chandler and Monica, I just really liked their, I think because like they are all so different. Like she is this like high end stockbroker and Monica is still a chef, but like overweight and insecure. And just the fact that they're like friends, um, and just how well they all like meshed together and were like, like she started having a heart attack, like heart attack symptoms and how like compassionate they were towards her. I just really liked that aspect of it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. It was cool to see. So I would say like any of those scenes where like the friends were kind of like with Phoebe because yeah. she was so different than the rest of them. Yeah. But, yeah. No, that's um, how would you rate it? Oh, this is what's so hard because you can't rate it based on like, oh, it didn't project the storyline forward because it's like not meant to. It's like completely different story. So you're had you're having to judge it based completely on it being a one off, which is hard to do with the context of like six and a half seasons before it. Um, I thought it was good. I like part two better. But it also didn't, like, undermine my expectations. So I think I'm just going to go with, like, we were on a break. Just classic, right in the middle. A little bit of irony, because Rachel wishes she was on a break in this episode. 
which is funny. So right, right smack dab in the middle for me. You? Um, I'm going to say, I mean, Unagi. So also right in the middle. Um, yeah. Because same. I think it's a lot of setup for what's to come in the second part. Um, oh, Unagi funny. is the middle, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I agree with you. Unagi. Sorry. Yeah. Bad counting on my part. So. Yes. Unagi. Yeah. It's just like everything you had said as well. Um, cool. Cool. Post show wrap up trivia. All right. Friends who, trivia. Who hung in Ann Getty's poster in Joey's apartment? What was her name? We just oh, had her. Je- Janine. Janine. Yes. Nailed it. Yep. All right. What actor played the Broadway play director Leonard Hayes? Leonard Hayes. No. I have no idea. <laughs> He's I in. Oh, really? He was in this. It was Jeff Goldblum. Oh, duh! Oh my gosh, that was so dumb. Of course, it was okay. I couldn't picture him. I knew Jeff Goldblum was in the show. Dang it! I feel stupid. All right, don't come at us, friends. We we know. We know. <laughs> um. Okay. Social media spotlight. Um, we got a brand new reach out from someone whose Instagram handle is the frisky kitty nine. (laughs) Love that. Love that. They said, Hey guys, I just caught up to the podcast last week and you guys helped me through long work nights so much. I'm looking forward to the next podcast episode. Oh, thank you. We love new reach outs. We love new friends. Appreciate you. Frisky kitty. Um, and then, uh, our friend, uh, Grace had reached out to us and she said, she sent us a screenshot of, um, her notifications that she gets on her phone. And so apparently every time on Spotify, when one of our episodes releases, it notifies her. And so she sent us a screenshot of that notification and just said, also, this is probably one of my favorite weekly notifications. So I love that. Thanks. Thanks, Aww, Grace. I love that. I know. So sweet. Um, do you have a recommend to a friend? Uh, I honestly can't think of one. <laughs> Holy Willie. Shocker. <laughs> Well, our friend Grace is going to come to your rescue. And Grace. honestly, honestly, she's going to come to my rescue this week, too, because I don't really have one. Oh, no, that's a complete lie. OK, do you want to read Grace's for you because you're the one that doesn't have one? Sure. OK, go for it. If it takes you a minute to get there, do you want me to go while you're finding uh, it? No, I got Sorry, it. Sorry. I, I, OK, I realize I'm constantly in there because I'm the one that reads it. Yes. Thank okay. you. Uh, yeah. Thank you, friends, for sending in. Um, if you guys have something that you like, doesn't I mean, you've heard ours. They're nothing like serious. It's just fun things that we've added into our lives. And um, yeah, yes. we just wait. Sometimes when we get stuck, um, a.k.a. when Llewellyn doesn't have one, uh, we like to read what you guys send in as recommends to a friend. Things that have helped your flow of life, things that you enjoy, things that you buy just for the sake of fun. Um, that you would recommend to somebody else, send them our way and we'll use them when we don't have one and we'll credit you for it. If you want, if you want. Yes. So Grace said she is recommending something called magic hangers. Mm -hmm. Um, there's apparently several different brands out there. You can get them at Walmart or Amazon, or I'm not sure where to get them if you're not in America, but Amazon is a great place, I guess. Um, Basically, they're space-saving hangers, and she said she's not super sure how to describe them, but they're essentially hangers with two hooks at each end that have several different hanger hooks in the middle, usually five, she says, Mm -hmm. and you can, like, collapse the hanger to have only one end of the hook hanging, and then when you need something from one of them, you just hang the other end of the hanger back up, and it looks like a normal row of hangers again. Um, she sent us a picture just so I can like get an idea. Oh, I see. I like this idea because it takes like, like instead of it like horizontal, it collapses and like they fold into themselves. So it becomes almost like vertical hanging space too. It almost feels like it almost, yeah, it's, 
yeah i i had an idea i had an idea of what i was going to say and i lost it it's like it is space saving so it it literally like collapses so it really saves if you have like a small closet yeah um grace was our friend who told us that she recently moved and remember we were like joking with her about like downsizing and how hard that is yeah. but like how you have to kind of make a practice of like per- oops how you have to make a practice of like purging your things yeah um she was the one she was like you know i'm adjusting to a slightly smaller closet it's been great because then i only end up like having to use like half my closet which leaves space for other stuff and also makes it look less cluttered um it's i i've seen these before and i'm honestly like shocked i didn't even think to like purchase them obviously because it's a recommend to a friend we will um link them in our show notes for you guys anything else you want to say about about them no i just think they look amazing Okay. Um, My recommend to a friend this week is a book um, that I am, I got done reading this weekend and I am having a hard time kind of moving on after reading this book. Um, (laughs) It's, I'll give you, I'll give you the, um, the synopsis that the book gives you because it's, Books are books are really hard. You know how like the saying like don't judge a book by its cover and then like that's exactly what you do is judge a book by its color or cover. You might judge it by its color too, I don't know. Um but it's hard because like sometimes the synopses are like you're like I don't know if I'm going to like that, but it was recommended to me. So the um the the synopsis kind of or description goes like this. In the vein of The Time Traveler's Wife and Life After Life, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue is New York Times bestselling author V.E. Schwab's genre-defying tour de force. A life no one will remember, a story you will never forget. France, 1714. In a moment of desperation, a young woman makes a Faustian bargain to live forever and is cursed to being forgotten by everyone she meets. Thus begins the extraordinary life of Addie LaRue and a dazzling adventure that will play out across centuries and continents, across history and art, as a young woman learns how far she will go to leave her mark on the world. But everything changes when, after nearly 300 years, Addie stumbles across a young man in a hidden bookstore, and he remembers her name. Llewellyn. (laughs) This book was so, so good. Um, I... I have been working to start reading again um, because I used to love reading as a kid. And then I think because of school and growing up and just my type of personality, I haven't read like a fiction book in forever. Like they've always been kind of like self-help, growth books, things like that. Things that have like practical purpose. And a couple years ago, I was like challenged with the idea of like, what did you used to like doing for fun as a kid? Because like that as an adult are things that like feed you. And I was like, I used to love reading as a kid. I used to love it. And so it's taken a couple of years for me to finally like, okay, just like get some dang books and like start reading. Cause you know, you don't know where to start. What's your genre? Like, what do you even like anymore? Like, I don't know. And I read this book. It's probably the second or third book I've read um, since like starting this new adventure of like reading again, like reading just for the sake of fun. And for like 45 minutes as I was like nearing the end and the end of the book, I was just consistently sort of like crying the whole time because the story, like it was so well written so well organized it captured like it just captured my heart and it was like it's almost like it ended exactly how it should it's not how you want but you also realize that like that's how it definitely should have ended because the other ways would have been like more tragic it also leaves you like man I could have a whole nother story of like telling me how the rest of that story like kind of concludes itself even though you know like but I wouldn't really want a second book because it would kind of like destroy the element of like mystery of like the ending. Um, 
I haven't cried. This is going to sound so silly. Um, I haven't cried at like a store, like a book um, since I was like, what, 12, maybe 14, maybe 14 years old when I read, um, <laughs> when I read The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King at the very end of that story. Um, if y'all haven't seen it, I'm sorry. Uh, but, or her, or like read the book. Um, Frodo leaves Sam to go to the Grey Havens and it's sort of a surprise because he didn't tell him he was leaving and it like absolutely broke my heart because of how much they had like been through together (laughs) and so here I am like now I'm it's 20 years later and I'm like crying at this book because it was just so gut-wrenching and touching and I can't recommend it enough so it's called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue it's by V.E. Schwab um, hi, if you are looking for a fiction, right, like a fiction book that's got a little bit of like, it's a lot of like human stuff, but there's this element of like, there's a bunch of different gods out there. And the, the sort of like theme is like, don't pray to the gods who will answer after dark, um, because you can't like trust them. And so there's only like one element of that in here. Um, but it's mostly like. Oh, it's just so good. So highly recommend The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue to a friend if you are looking for another book to add to your collection of TBRs. <laughs> and that's it. Cool. Didn't you say you picked up reading again recently? I mean, that you were yeah. looking for like recommendations? Yeah. I'll what do you I'll read? I'll eventually recommend those, I guess. Oh, okay. I'm not saying you have to, and I, I and I won't recommend every book that I read for sure. But this one was, a, like, it was incredible. So cool. that's why I'm recommending it. Anyways, right. uh, next week we're gonna cover the one that could have been part de. Yeah. So we'll see you guys next week on the One of the Friends podcast. <laughs>